0: Hey Matt, are you subscribed to the Weekend Primer podcast? No, what is that? It's the weekly podcast that you and I do every week on Wednesday mornings to let people know what's going on in the weekend in Door County. That sounds like a great idea for a podcast. Well, why don't you subscribe to it? All you have to do is grab your phone and pick out whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Apple Music, Pocket Cast, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse Podcast and click subscribe. Wow, that's so easy, I could do it. Then every week you're going to get two episodes of the Door County Pulse podcast delivered straight to your inbox, and then all you have to do is click on it and listen. I'm gonna go do that right now. Cool, and sounds like a great idea, Matt. I'll see you in the podcast this week, Andrew. Matthew, there's two things I know about. Okay, name them. You love Spider-Man. Yes. And you love weekend events. So true. Let's talk about it. I'm Andrew Clyden.
1: And I'm Matthew Marcon, and this is your Weekend Primer.
0: On Wednesday, you can start your weekend a little early at the Tambourine Lounge in Sturgeon Bay. Coming to you all the way from Norway, don't miss your chance to see Darling West and Andrea von Kampen. These performers exemplify the heart and soul of Americana with the clarity and sparkle of a pure diamond. What a copy. Yeah, that is some... that's that some good, good PR work right there. Absolutely. So I, I checked these guys out a little bit on Spotify. Uh, Darling West, they're uh, a male female duo, and they've got like really tight harmonies. It, it says. Americana in the copy, but I would push more towards like indie folk. Lots of like soundscape type stuff. The kind of music that you can put in the background while you're studying or cleaning or something and it just creates this really great mellow mood. Um, I enjoyed the couple pieces that I listened to and Andre von Kampen is much of the same. So It seems like they're going to pair really nicely with each other. That's cool. Um, I I like how you described it as
1: more of an indie folk because I don't know how um a group from Norway can be very americana.
0: Yeah, that that was the other part that I thought was interesting is that they're they're Norwegian based and then they're like we're going to we're going to do americana. Right. That's going to be our thing. I, I mean, th- they could do it really well, but describing a Norway
1: band as americana is kind of weird.
0: There's a lot of americana bands in the in the show this week and I struggle to actually identify what americana is. Sure. You know what I mean? Cuz I guess when I think americana, I think yankee doodle dandy right yeah like that's the kind of like that's what i think of when i think classic americana right but i guess they're pushing that to mean this more like folk blues Mm. bluegrass kind of sound which we already have great names for those things so why don't we like folk or bluegrass yeah and i i think calling like these this group particularly americana is maybe a little misleading because what i was getting from their vibe was much more of that indie folk soundscape kind of Kind of thing. And
1: I do like bands that have tight harmonies. I love, I love me some tight harmonies. So that's, that, that's pretty exciting. Do you have any examples? The Beach Boys.
0: Okay. The Beach Boys. They, yeah. Yeah, they do have tight oh, harmonies. Don't, don't even act like they don't. I thought that you were going to pull something like more obscure out and we were all going to learn something new.
1: Well, you know, you kind of dropped that question on me. And so I just, that was the first harmony
0: band that came to my head. I recommend Earth, Wind, and Fire. There you go. I recommend Steam-Powered Giraffe, which is a group Mm. of three robots who sing uh, Americana. There we go. On Thursday night at Alexander's Restaurant is the Trivia Night Fundraiser for Peninsula Preschool. Form a team of six people and join in the fun. Register your team by downloading the form at preschool.weebly.com Trivia begins at 630. Have you done the trivia at Alexander's before? No, but we're doing it this year, aren't yep. we? As the the, the the entire Pulse, I think we have two teams. Yep, right? this is my third year doing it. Cool. I did it once with Nikolai Bank, and then I did it last year with the Pulse um it is a lot of fun it's one of the highlights of the winter for me um tons and tons and tons of people come out for it there's a bunch of teams that all get formed um different businesses form teams different friend groups form teams there's all sorts of people come and they compete in i want to say like six to ten rounds of trivia and they're all really interesting i mean some some questions are worksheet based where you get like a, a like a packet that you have to answer questions to others are more like hands on uh like last year we got a uh, a big bag full of chips and we had to try to identify which potato chips were which just like like writing down the flavors so it wasn't even matching you just had to know like oh just had to know which that's it was this um and the 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 big like gotcha chip in the bag was guinness flavored which Ew. I think I might have been the only person in the room who knew just because my dad got me a bag of chips last time he visited and was like aren't these awful and I was like yeah they are
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm very excited I haven't done a lot of trivia but I feel like if I if I get a strong suit like one of my one of my strong topics I could I could dominate I could just roll away
0: with it This year Run will be interesting because uh the pulses makeup has changed considerably since last year so I I'm pretty good in a pinch about certain topics. My wife is joining us. Uh, She was with last year and the year before as well. She's really great about literature. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of her strong suit. Or history is another one. Um, Neither of us have sports figured out. So I think between you and Miles, we'll probably be good on that. Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Last year, Jackson Parr really came in clutch and helped us through the majority of I the questions. I question that. Jackson's Guy's pretty really smart. smart. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how we do this year with the new makeup. But we do have two teams. So what we need to do is we need to just get all the good people on our team. I'm pretty sure that uh, even though we have two teams, we are competing. And whatever team Dave is on, Dave is trying to beat the other team. So we want Dave. Yeah. Let's get Dave on Let's the team. Let's get Dave. Also on Thursday is Animal Tracking Basics in Newport State Park. Join park staff and learn about what might be making those tracks in the snow. Tracking basics and ID tips will be discussed. Meet at the Nature Center. This is something that I wish that I was good at. Like, I've gone on birding before and I've, I've done like snowshoeing through the ridges. And the coolest part of that is like when the the guide is like identifying birds by their bird call or like identifying tracks in the snow and being like, oh, this is this. Or if you look over here, you can see where a deer has bedded down for the wind. Like that stuff is super cool to me. And I just I don't have that skill. What I think about tracking and what would be really cool about tracking is, you
1: know, like how when they talk about like when they have war stories. And there was always like this one guy who would just get dropped off in, like, it was talking about like the Vietnam War or something like that. And one of the soldiers would just get dropped off in the middle of the jungle and then he would survive for like a couple days at a time, tracking his target, take him out, and then gets picked up. That's one of the coolest things to me is just being able to survive and track someone for a long time and
0: just like survive on your own in the wilderness. So, Similar to that. So cool. We may have talked about this once before on the podcast, but I remember uh, growing up, I would always put the Discovery Channel on while I was falling asleep. And there was a show called Survivor Man that I loved putting on in the background. So Survivor Man happening around the same time as Bear Grylls was doing his shows. um, But I preferred Survivor Man because while Bear Grylls would go out and show you how to survive in the wilderness, he had a camera crew with him that would, you know, film him and do all this stuff. Whereas Les Stroud from Survivor Man would go out on his own with all of his own equipment. So you would see this great shot of him like half mile in the distance walking over these like sand dunes and like the sun is setting, and it'd show him like walking across the screen. And then it would show a really sped up version of him like coming back and grabbing the camera because he had he, he would set up shots do them and then have to come grab his gear right. and keep moving on. So that felt more authentic to me. He would have a team come out and look for him at the end of however long he was supposed to be out there, like a helicopter, and he had to, like a flare or something if he got in trouble. And um, So he had ways to communicate with the outside world, but he was really there on his own, basically. And I love putting that show on and, and watching him like, make structures and hunt for food and make traps and all that kind of stuff. And then fast forward to now, um, there's actually an active community on YouTube who all do bushcraft, which is where you go out and it's basically camping but without any uh like gear in terms of like no tent, no uh RV or anything like that. You just go out with maybe a tarp and you make your structure and you kind of live in the wilderness overnight. And that kind of stuff is really cool. I love watching people go out and make structures and try to find food. And and that stuff is really interesting to me.
1: It would also be really cool to be able to see what's running around in my yard, especially with all like the snow tracks that I'm I'm seeing lately. So to be able to look at these tracks and be like, oh, it's just a deer running through my yard. Or what is that? That's a cougar. I don't know why there'd be a cougar up here, but you never, yeah, you never know. You never if know. You never know. If you can't track, you never know what the... Right. If are. I don't know what the
0: what the what the prints are running across my lawn, who knows? We, in my yard, we get squirrels. We I think we get rabbits, but we definitely get deer and turkey. Those mm-hmm. are the big yeah. ones that kind of come through uh-huh. our yard. Um, So it's pretty easy to identify. Could be a coyote, too. You never know. I don't know if we have any in our neighborhood. Mm. I've never heard any. And we have dogs, so I feel like they would excite them. Mm. Like, I feel like we would know if we had coyotes. That's probably true. I know that we have uh, big owls. I've seen them before. Woo. On Saturday is Dig Deep at the Door County Brewing Company Music Hall and Tap Room. Dig Deep is a four-piece string band based out of Wisconsin that has, in a very short time, become a truly unique voice and a cornerstone of the thriving Midwest Roots community. So this is, a, this is another band that kind of uh, has that Americana... Vibe, but they actually kind of rally against that sound. I was reading their Bandcamp profile and they describe themselves as anything but bluegrass, <laughs> which is kind of like them saying that they do bluegrass but in a really cool way. Yeah. So these guys, they have a really interesting sound, uh, kind of a dark sound. It's almost like if Tim Burton directed a spaghetti western. Kind of how I would describe that's it. That's a great way to describe something. Yeah. Wow. It's, they're, they're a four piece string band, so lots of really great instrumentation in it. You've got the banjo going. Um, the song that I listened to had this guy come on with this like growly voice and oh, sang cool. over top of it, which cool. was really neat. Um, I think perfect group for the Brewing Company. Be awesome to go see these guys kind of getting down on their, uh, on their
1: strings. Well, it's also nice to break up the winter monotony that's going on right now. We're, we're getting into like the. Um the slower point of the year we're heading into probably the, the the slowest point of the of the door county year, and so to break something to break up your week with something like this at the uh at the music hall at the uh, Brewing company is a
0: uh, sounds like a good idea to me, right, and these guys seem like they put on a really rowdy show, so okay, not you're kind of like. Winter doldrums, nice music. Like you go and you party and you have a good time. Nice, drink good beer, you listen to good music. It seems like it would be really fun. That's all I'm looking for. And also, the uh, the brewing company
1: has a really good pretzel. Do they? They make a really good pretzel. I don't think I've ever had their food. It's a good pretzel
0: because I know that they um, they have hacienda, and then they just started this like charcuterie or cheese board Hmm. portion of the business. I don't know if it has its own name. It might. Um, but I know that they were getting into that. Um, the McMahons all have, uh, vastly different, but somehow unified interests. So some of them are really into beer and creating cool craft beer. And then one of the brothers is really into like cheese boards and meat and stuff. Right. And charcuterie. Um, so I know that they were doing that and I know that they had a pizza truck outside that they would use in the they, summer. They did in the summer. They have a pizza truck, but inside there's like, they don't have actual like, I
1: don't know, like lunch food or um dinner food but it is more like snacks and just something to something to eat while you're tasting some beers or whatever and their pretzel
0: really good when did you go in there
1: i've gone in a couple uh maybe a handful of times not a big beer drinker no i'm not what um, do you get i don't i don't really get anything uh i usually just go when like my family's up and they want to go out to the to the uh Brewing company and I'll just go with them because I know they have a good pretzel and it's just a cool place to hang out. Cause they have board games and, and things like that just to do while you're hanging out. Right. Do you order a
0: sarsaparilla? No, no, no. Only when I was younger. What's the difference between sarsaparilla and root beer? Uh, I honestly don't know. Me neither. This weekend at Third Avenue Playhouse in Sturgeon Bay is Right to Live. Guest artist Habiba Sheikh has created a unique music and stage production, telling stories of struggle and joy, highlighting the richness of culture from the Arab world. This is actually a a really cool thing. So I I dug into it a little bit more than just the event copy. Uh And so... She came to Third Avenue Playhouse to put on a multi week voice and movement workshop at Third Avenue Playhouse that was all centered on real narratives from refugees and diaspora communities of Middle Eastern origin. So, workshop participants all got together and over the course of a couple of weeks got to create an original play based on the workshop that'll be performed. And that's what this is. Oh, wow. So, this is a really cool uh, way to do theater. I've been. Privy to this style of theater a couple times in the past, and it's really neat. Basically, you get together and you're focused on an idea or a theme and through workshops, daily rehearsals, uh, playing games, trying new things out, digging into the work of the specific theme or skill set that you're trying to hone, you then create an original work around it. Um, I did a lot of this type of theater in college. And it's just a different way to wrap your head around something. Rather than performing a play that's been written, you all together as a collective come up with something. It's really
1: neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I didn't know a lot about this until you kind of dug deeper into it. And it it all just sounds uh, really interesting and just a cool different perspective for a theater piece, which I like.
0: Well, and to see theater continuing throughout the off season is really great up here, too. Because we have a bunch of theater in the summer, of course, but there are still like ways that you can take in theater in the off season. Um, Northern Sky, I know, does a lot of stuff in the off season, particularly in the fall, and they're looking to expand that probably year round with their new space that they're building. Uh Um, Peninsula Players does some off season theater that we're going to talk about here next. That's a tease. Third Avenue Playhouse, of course, does a lot of stuff in the off season, play readings and and opening up their space as a performance venue, which is really nice. So there's lots of different things going on in the off-season. Um, more stripped-down shows, play readings, different ways to experience theater than just going and seeing a show, which I really enjoy.
1: Right, I definitely agree. I think I think it's cool that in the wintertime or the off-season, so to speak, is that is when these um, different theaters, just like you were saying, have a time to... Uh, experiment on, on just different ways of telling a story and that's pretty cool.
0: right? So as we mentioned um, Peninsula Players has a play reading series that they do in the off season and on Sunday at Bjorklinden is The Plays the Thing which, will, which is kind of their overarching name for their play reading series in the off season. Uh, they're going to be doing a reading of Tales of Men and Ghost which was adapted by Steve Pickering from stories from Edith Wharton. So the play is the thing, which is their winter play reading season, uh, features fully cast readings of plays that will be performed at Bjorkland. Um, there's general seating available. I believe the show's at 7 PM. And what's cool about about this, not only is it, like I said, cool to see more theater and more different theatrical opportunities in the off season, but seeing a play reading is actually a really cool thing because it's basically a super stripped down performance. Usually no set, usually no choreography or blocking. It's just people reading the play aloud. So if you've ever seen like a, like a writer's room situation where they read through the script of the next episode or something, it's similar to that except it's stage, And there can be light blocking in it. So they'll probably stand and read. They might talk to each other and there might be light choreography, but it's really just delivering the narrative to you.
1: What all do you know about uh, the reading that they're going to be doing? Tales of Men and Ghosts. Yeah,
0: so I looked into that a little bit, too. So um, Edith Wharton was an American novelist, short story writer, playwright, and designer. She's really cool because she kind of had this aristocratic upbringing, so she drew upon that to realistically portray the lives and morals of the Gilded Age. Mm. Uh, She was the first woman to win the Pulitzer Prize for Literature in 1921, and she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 1996. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So Tales of Ghosts and Men is a collection of short stories. I, I don't want to say that they're all theme like spooky, but as I was reading through the first story a little bit, um, it kind of has, this, there's, a, there's a tense, there's a tenseness to it. But it's also fairly funny. It seems like she has a really great voice and that she can deliver something with kind of a wit and a sarcasm. That's really cool. So it sounds like something that would be really good to be read aloud. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too. So because it's a collection of short stories, you have a lot of opportunities theatrically and how you want to present it. So you can either do a series of vignettes or you can try to create an overarching narrative based on the overall theme of the piece. I, I would assume that they're probably going the vignettes route. Just cool. Um, Doing like vignette theater is always fun because you get to an opportunity to, if you have a small cast, perform many different types of theater and many different roles all within one thing. Uh, it's cool for the audience because you get a bunch of broken up little stories here and there. Um, you watched The Ballad of Busker Scruggs, right? I Netflix? did, yes. So that's the Coen Brothers' new movies. And right. That is a series of vignettes. Mm-hmm. And it delivers, I think, six Cool short narratives, all with an overarching theme. I think in this case, it's more of the atmosphere. So they wanted to do sure. kind of like a spaghetti western right. style, but they did it in very like Coen Brothers terms. That's a really cool piece. If you, I, I think everybody should check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, but that's kind of the same. Like that that movie reads very theatrical to me. Mm-hmm. They they approached it in much the same way that you would approach doing theater. What's your favorite ghost story? Hmm. I don't know. I I did have that like spooky book, you know, like the tale, like the ghost stories book with the really like haunting illustrations in it. Tales from the Crypt? No, that's a show with the Crypt Keeper. Probably was a book at one point too. I'm pretty sure it was a book. There's, there's a book. It's a series of books and I'll have to look up. Scary stories you tell in the dark? Yes. Yeah. they all have really like haunting illustrations in it. They're like, like awful. Um.
1: Speaking of that, Guillermo del Toro is making a movie out of that or a TV show. I don't know which, but he's doing he's doing one or the other. And they're doing um, they're starting to create
0: all of the characters for it. And they're straight out of the book. It's creepy. I like Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. I think that he could do a really good job with it. Um, we were talking the other day about The Shape of Water. I really like that movie. And every time I bring that up, everyone's like, oh, well, that's the that's the fish sex movie.
1: See, here's the thing. Here's the thing about The Shape of Water, Andrew. It is a beautiful movie. It is very well made. It's beautiful looking, and it's very well acted, directed, and looks great. It's just not my kind of movie. Okay, I
0: was going to say, how do you then go, but
1: it was bad because of this? It's just not my
0: kind of movie. I, it's, it's probably one of the best movies I will never watch again. Well, Matthew, that's it for the event this weekend. Where am I going to find you? Uh, you know? I know for a fact that we are both going to be at Trivia Night. We will. Might be... We will be winning that cash prize. I don't think we're going to win. Oh, I, I definitely do I think, think we're going to I think we're going to try win. our best, but there is a team that always wins. No, I and think, think gonna we're going to win. win again. again. I think we're going to win. Are you going to cheat? For sure. Okay. If so
1: I, if whatever it takes to win. Then Andrew, we're going to win.
0: Yeah. You know what my favorite part of the trivia night is? Cheating? No, the food. Oh, good food? Yeah, Alexander's does. Because I have only, well, I've been to Alexander's for dinner once, but I usually go to their brunch, which I love. Right. And this, they do a buffet style uh, of all sorts of other types of food, Ooh. and really, really good. How do you think I'm going to? Is it is it it's buffet
1: style, right? Yeah. How how do you think I'm going to do with this buffet style? They have plenty of bland
0: stuff there for you.
1: too. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I eat more than just bland food. Andrew. Okay, I'm you just eat,
0: very picky about what kind of food I eat. You eat bland food and flaming hot Cheetos. Oh, I should have
1: never brought up flaming hot Cheetos into the office. Should have never done it. Yeah, you,
0: you never should have bought three different types of Flaming Hot Cheetos or Flaming Hot products into the office and made a show of no, it. No, I only brought one in and then two in a different time because I
1: bought them at the same time. So I had to bring them somewhere. So Flaming Hot Cheetos, Flaming Hot Doritos,
0: and Flaming Hot Fries? Yeah, Flaming Hot Fries. Okay. What was your favorite?
1: Um, Right now, I think the Flaming Hot Cheeto is just the original Flaming Hot Cheeto. That's pretty good. Is it that crunch? Yeah, it's the crunch. I like the crunch. Um, but the Flaming Hot um, Dorito, that's really nice because it's still the regular nacho Dorito, but just with a you know a sprinkle of the flame hot dust. So you get that kick with the nacho flavoring. The flame hot fries, I don't like the texture of the of the chip or the
0: Cheeto or the Fry. I feel like I wouldn't like the Cheetos because I don't like Cheetos in general. I don't like the crunchy, like dehydrate. I like cheese puffs. Sure. I like those. Uh, I feel like I would like the
1: flame hot Doritos. Flamin' hot, I I like flamin', flamin' hot Doritos, those are really fun to eat.
0: Do you like mac and cheese i love mac and cheese so would you take uh flaming hot cheetos or doritos whatever crunch it all up in the bag into dust and then just sprinkle that on your mac Ooh, and cheese wow that does sound really good i'm also a big
1: fan of buffalo chicken mac and cheese i've never had that Well, oh, it's just buffalo chicken mixed with mac and cheese what
0: about mac and peas no mac and cheese with peas in it
1: well you well mac and uh, eh.
0: No. I'm fine with that. That's a weird. Because you under- it just a little bit and you got that little pop.
1: That's a weird combination. It's not that weird. Yeah, that's it's weird. Just a casserole. doesn't call it a casserole instead of mac and peas. But that's a much better But then we name. need to add something else into the casserole for it to be a casserole. Ham cubes. Mm. Like what you find
0: in like an omelet station? Yeah. Mm. I hate ham cubes. Do you like an omelet station? I've never had an omelet. Whoa. Yeah, I Just al- in general, you've ne- never had an, had an omelet. omelet. Because I get intimidated. Whoa. I get intimidated at the omelet station. My mom never made omelets growing up, so I didn't have that. But then when I go to buffets and there's the omelet, I never know what to do. What about just like a restaurant,
1: ordering one at like a, for breakfast?
0: No, because I usually like, I don't know. I, I like to play the most dangerous game, which is to order the biscuits and gravy. Because biscuits and gravy is either the best thing. Or the worst thing on the menu at any given restaurant. My mind is blown. Blown. Never had an omelet. And you know what? Whoa. Bruce at Alexander's makes a good omelet. I just have never asked him for one because I don't even know how to approach that situation. Okay, well, what do you like for breakfast? What,
1: what kind of breakfast items do you like? Like, uh, What do you like your eggs with? A toast. Okay, well, you can have that on the side, Like bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Sausage. Yep. Uh,
0: peppers. Sure mushrooms yeah i love all of it so
1: just throw them all in eggs but okay so cheese.
0: let's let's role play you are the omelet station okay i'm the omelet station i'm me uh-huh i'm gonna come up and i'm and we're gonna broach this all right okay so i'm walking past you what are you gonna do hey you want an omelet yeah
1: okay what what do you
0: like oh boy um
1: but here's the thing about omelette stations is that they usually have them all just like laid out in front of you. All of your options to choose. They're just right out in front of you. So you'd be like, I like a little bit of that, a little bit of that, a little bit of
0: that, a little bit of that. Yeah, like a child pointing and being like, "Give me, I want green one and give me red one. Yes, that's exactly what you do. I would die of embarrassment. I, I, it's the social anxiety barrier because there's a person there. It's almost like, well, instead of saying, give me the green one, you say, I want the peppers Okay, so my problem would be, it would be great if I could be like, yes, give me an omelet with the works. Okay. But there's usually like, I don't know, guacamole there too, or avocado, and I don't necessarily want that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't want that. So just say, I don't want that. It's so easy for you because you pick apart any meal that you order. Yeah. I don't. So like, to be like, I would like...
1: But you're not picking it apart. You're creating it for yourself. You're putting everything you want in this fluffy... Egg. I get that
0: it's exactly the same as going to Subway and building. It's exactly family, what it is. <laughs> but I know all that stuff at Subway.
1: So you're telling me you can't look down at a tray or a, a little selection of what's on there and you can't see that's ham, that's bacon, that's sausage, that's
0: some peppers. I'm also onions. concerned that if I ask, like, they're going to judge me for my order because if I'm like, I'd like bacon. And I'd like sausage. And they're like, you don't mix those. And then. No, that, that's a that's a meat lover's omelet. I'm just. With wor- some ham. I'm worried that I will go to order an omelet and I'll get something wrong. How? What and are you going to get wrong? I don't know. Because I can't just, I can't trust to say I want everything. Because I don't necessarily know. Because he might have something under the table that he's like. What? More egg yolk? No, he'd be like, all right, you want everything that's going to be, that's going to be sausage, egg. all He puts it all together yeah. and then pulls out anchovies and just throws those on (laughs) wouldn't just
1: be like oh here's
0: a surprise here's some anchovies that's what i'm worried about though it's not a rational fear i get that i get it but it is a real thing for me
1: so we need to go to an omelet station is what and i need to
0: like walk you through it see and just help that that is less of a problem for me like if we went to an omelet restaurant like world's best omelet Like if we went there because it's all omelet there, then I can't go wrong. Then I can't mess up. Oh, my God. Like, I feel like I'd be at the omelet station. I'd be like, yeah, I want some of that and some of that. And I point to like, I don't know, it looks maybe like something appetizing, like some sort of drizzle. But he's like, that's pudding. And then I'd have to leave.
1: Well, they're not mixed. They don't mix the stations. They don't put the pudding right next to the omelet. omelets usually just like all on its own because that's what's most popular. And actually, what I like to do in an omelet station is I don't get an omelet. I get a scramble.
0: I ask them to scramble it all up for me so it doesn't come in omelet flipped form. But then, but I feel like that's part of it. That like, that's the, that is the dream is to get the omelet. Sure. And I've never done it. You need to. When you go to a buffet, have you ever made the mistake of like when they put out, there's the tub of like ranch dressing with the ladle and uh-huh. then like right next to it is the tub of vanilla pudding. No. have you've been to a buffet where they do the tubs of pudding, Yeah, they usually do it at like pizza buffets, Uh where they'll have like pizza and then pudding for some reason.
1: Because pizza and pudding,
0: they go together. Yeah. Have you okay? What do you think is worse, mistaking pudding for ranch or ranch for pudding? Ranch for pudding. You think okay? For sure. So you make yourself mostly because I don't like ranch. You make yourself a salad. Yeah. You pour your dressing on, get it to the table, take a bite. That's pudding. Yeah. Is that worse than pour yourself a bowl of pudding? get it to the table, tape, take a scoop, that's ranch dressing.
1: That's, yeah, finding out that something is ranch dressing and not pudding would be weird because you're going to a salad. You really don't want to eat the salad. It's just kind of like, oh, I have to eat a salad to prepare myself for all this pizza that I'm going to eat at this pizza buffet.
0: So is that where your anxiety kicks up? Is you are like, I have to have a salad because I'm going to no, have 40 it's not, slices. It's not anxiety. It's not like your omelet
1: anxiety. But you, you still feel like you have to get a salad. Well, kind of. But you don't to like to balance salad. it out, it, but it doesn't. I like. know, but you know, it's my psyche. But then when you go in to eat a salad and you're like, oh, that tastes weird. That's pudding. Eh, okay. I guess I won't be eating my salad tonight. But then you're like, oh, that was delicious. Now I can go for some nice little, nice little, nice little pudding cup to end the night. And then it's just ranch dressing. And then that just ruins,
0: ruins the whole experience. But what is ranch dressing? If not pudding with a little bit of zip is tangy pudding. Ah, gross. That's what we should refer instead of calling it dressing because that's nice. Like when you think dressing you're like, "Oh, just a smatter a little drizzle yeah. would be nice on top right. of my salad." But if you were to call it spicy pudding, I think we'd use way less of it, if not if not none of it at all. Like I made myself a nice salad, now I'm just going to top it off with some spicy pudding. Let's put that on there. i Feel like that would turn a lot of people off to the whole dressing thing. You're probably right. I don't like a lot of dressings. So America dealing with an obesity problem. Sure. My, uh, my. So I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to try to solve the problem. First step: rename dressing to spice pudding. Just get rid of. Just get rid of dressing. No, scare. It, just scare people away from yes, dressing. Keep it because you can't get rid of it because then you're going to have all sorts of groups come out and be like, "Hey, you can't government get your hands off my dressing." Yeah. That's going to happen. Just like we, just like they tried to take away soda. Right. Yeah. You Had a lot of people upset with that. Yeah. So. You don't take the dressing away. You leave the dressing. You just rebrand it. Sure. Into spicy pudding. Mm, but I don't think uh, big pudding or big dressing is going to like that. Big pudding big also pudding. probably wouldn't, wouldn't like, like that either. Because they're like, no, no, you can't call that pudding. That's, no, gonna, that's not pudding. aren't going to like pudding anymore no. if you call it that. Mm. Okay, but here's the thing. Okay, so ranch pudding sounds awful. Yes. French pudding Sounds interesting. <laughs> Sounds I'm pretty like, sure there is something called French pudding, already. but like French, like a red French pudding. That's mm, what a Ooh, what a delicacy on my salad, no less. Yes, put some French pudding on there. Italian pudding. I think it's just ranch that's going to be the problem. Well, blue cheese pudding would also be pretty.
1: <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> that also would not be Ew, great. French pudding. You're googling. I'm googling. I want to know what French pudding is. A delightfully gooey dessert. Makes my mouth water just from typing it. That's not. What was that from? It's not telling me what it is. It's just telling me how to make it. I think it's, uh, it's, it's like a very uh, vanilla. It's a vanilla pudding
0: made Frenchly. Well, with that, I think we hit our 30-minute mark, so... I All that did. that pudding talk, I think, was worth it. Yep, uh, I'm looking agree. forward to trivia with you this weekend. Yep, uh, but also lots of really great music in, and theater opportunities it's this a, weekend. It's too. a
1: good week for music and theater,
0: which is kind of
1: surprising in, in this kind of low point of the year. But it's also cool because it's still, even though we might seem like it's the low point of the year, there's still a lot going on that you can still enjoy. Well,
0: thank you so much, Matt, and I look forward to talking to you again next week.
1: Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> If you're looking for more things to do this weekend, check out the events calendar at doorcountypulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday throughout Door County. Don't forget to subscribe to Door County Podcasts for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. You can find us on doorcountypulse.com, on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you
0: so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Also on Saturday is Spider-Man 101 with Matthew Marcon. Think you know about Spider-Man? Think again. Award-winning singer-songwriter Matthew Marcon is a Spider-Man expert and is in Door County for one night only to deliver factoids big and small about everyone's favorite webhead. Did you know Spider-Man is the star of a cult classic Japanese Toho series, Supaida Man, Mm -hmm. where he pilots a giant robot named Leopardon? Mm -hmm. Well, now you do.